0: Hey everybody, Ken here. As you know, I'm a professional mascot and as one, need to be in good shape. I used to box, I even trained with a professional boxer to keep in shape, however, then I discovered kickboxing. Let me tell you, kickboxing really is an amazing full body workout. My friends over at Total Fitness Kickboxing lead me through a high-intensity workout designed for every fitness level where you can burn up to a thousand calories all while having a blast it really is a good time it's like they're having hosting a party almost classes are 45 minutes long and they are over before you know it so if you're bored with a regular treadmill meathead gym check out total fitness kickboxing your first class is free and the memberships are way more affordable than you think check out total fitness kickboxing at total for a location near you total fitness kickboxing where I Hit the gym harder. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, the podcast. So Dave, this is Dave Raymond. Welcome to Between the Fur. Hey, Ken. How you doing, man?
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I feel uh, uh, nice and warm in my big blanket of fur. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm actually (laughs) literally between the fur right now how's that
0: (laughs) i love how you get into character you know (laughs) you 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 live whatever you do man yeah Yeah, well
1: you know i was i was muted for uh, 25 years now now i talk way too much
0: (laughs) i love that uh that's a great that's a uh, that's a great intro to this welcome to another edition of between the fur i'm your host ken and it's mascot talk. Between the first. Man, it's so good to have you on. I, I'm actually really honored here. This is like having, you know, this is the grandfather of <laughs> the 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 mascot world here. This is the former, the original Philly fanatic. That's, that's and that's right. The, is,
1: the OG fanatic, Ken, the OG. The
0: OG. <laughs> the OG fanatic. Love it. The goat, (laughs) man, i tell you what, when I first started, it was, uh, you know, my first exposure to mascotting was, uh, well, you know, seeing high school mascots and, uh, you know, that was just not impressive at all to me. And then I saw the San Diego chicken and then it opened up this whole world of, wait a second, this guy's making a living at this. This guy's doing this for, you know, anyways. And all of a sudden I realized, hey, I noticed the Philly. Phenet- it's like when you're, you know, you're going to buy a car and, uh, you know, you're looking at, at one brand. All of a sudden you see that everywhere. But, uh, yeah, all of a sudden I saw you all over the place. And, you know, I was just wondering what it would be like if there was social media back then and all that. Because I would have seen you a lot more. But, man, that I just didn't have – There's just no exposure unless you were watching – ESPN or I mean the ESPN was even new at that point so it was like watching the news but yeah
1: I think this is great I I really think that um that in part the fact that we didn't have social media gave the fanatic a chance to um you know sneak up on Philadelphia fans and you know with the with our involvement with the Flyers and Gritty and we can certainly talk about that later but that was um you know they they embraced it they did the exact same the the same thing the phillies did but in an era of social media and they were able to really you know grab a, a tiger by the tail if you will um and i, I listen the one thing that i i'm honored you know to, to call you a friend and to have known you and and, and watched the things that you've done and um, it's really amazing that uh, you know the these um these characters these mascots that have grown in in major league sports there's not a lot of opportunity for young people working their way up that want this job um, I've, I've trained performers for about you know 25 years and but the thing that i love is there is that opportunity but if they do if they don't make it there, the the, the business is so full of talent uh, that that you're trying to acquire and, that you know, from mi- video to music to event production, marketing, sales. So I have no problem teaching young people and telling them, yeah, you could be up there with, you know, with the. Ken Solomon's of the world, um, you know, and and Robert Bode and Barry Anderson and, you know, you know, all the guys, John Kudo, all these guys that, that have been doing this for so long and made a, a good living doing it. But if you don't make it there, you're you're building these skill sets that you that you would make you valuable, certainly in the sports marketplace, but but outside in the corporate world. So to have you guys are setting the tone for young people to want to do this. So you're right. It's like synthesized thinking. Once you start thinking about mascots, uh, certainly back when you were younger, but even today they're, they're, they're proliferating, they're, they're ubiquitous and you see them everywhere. So I really am honored to talk to you and appreciate all the work that you've done as well as our fraternity fraternity, as we say. Um, and, <laughs> and it's, it's just, uh, it, it's wonderful to be a part of it.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's been a great ride. And a lot of my stuff is it, it, my accomplishments is just because I was having fun. You know, it was just go for it. I want to, I want to, Hey, I want to see if I can do this. Let's, I want to see if I can be a mascot. I want to see if I can accomplish this. So, and and take, you know, take, take it to the next level or, you know, I don't know. I was always pushing myself, but you know, gosh, to have, uh, to have that many years and you, I mean, training and, and all this stuff, let's, let's. There's so much in your life we could spend hours and hours on here, and uh, I hope uh, we can we can jam a lot of stuff into this. So first of all, hey, starting out, how did you get going in this? I think
1: the the thing that really got me there was was being involved heavily in athletics and I, you know so the the, the the simple story is this that I, I grew up with a father who, uh, was a local icon at the University of Delaware. He was he was there for 55 years. He was the head football coach there for 36 of those 55 years, and uh, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, very proud to say that he's in the top 15 winningest coaches in the history of college football. Now, and he he what? Did, yeah, he did it at the division Division II and then a Division One AA school. Um, but if you look at that top 15, there are three or four coaches that coached at that level. And he knew, he knew everybody. He was friends with bear Bryant. He was friends with Joe Paterno, uh, close friends with those guys and um, era Parsegian, you know, he, he was, he ran in those circles, but you know, unless you were a college football nut, you might not have heard of Tubby Raymond, but in our town, he, he was like a, a, a God and I grew up wanting to play football for him. And I wanted to coach and he was looking at me, recognizing that I was seeing it through the prism of his career, which was impossible to replicate, staying at the same university for 55 years and, you know, not moving my family around. And he was, he was discouraging me from doing that, at least asking me to get a business degree at Delaware, which I didn't listen to him. I just kept saying, I just want to coach. I want to, you know, I want to do that. And then he finally said, okay, I'll support you, but why don't I help you get a job with the Phillies? Because he knew He knew the ownership. He knew the Carpenter family at the time. And he said, you know, you never know who you meet or what might happen. And so I I had you know, I'd never really paid much attention to mascots in general. Um, And when I got to the Phillies and saw that I could and worked for two summers in 76 and 77, still going to school, Delaware, thinking, oh, my gosh, I could have a job working for my favorite. Major League Baseball team, I was meeting the players cause I was I was in promotion. So I was working with the players at, for public appearances and autographs, getting the autographs to fans. And uh, and I, I was sold. So in 78, when they said, look, I didn't know if I was gonna have a job, you know, I was an intern. So I thought maybe the internship was over and I was getting ready to graduate. And they said, look, you can keep your job in, in 1978 in the summer, we want you to stay for all the games. You need to get go to New York and get fitted for the costume. And I was like, what? costume and then they and i i said i'm in because i didn't now i I didn't care what they were asking me to do um and so i went to new york and i thought i was going to see this costume i could i didn't see anything except a drawing and i was thrilled by the drawing i thought wow it won't look like this but the drawing's amazing um and then the costume was delivered um the same day i was supposed to wear it for the first time which is which is my story about how important fun is and i um, I started getting nervous because I, you know, I'm going to entertain the same fans that booed Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny dressed like a Muppet, and but you know, uh-uh. and, <laughs> and my boss, nobody, and Ken, this is amazing because you you know how things are scripted and and you go through approvals and you know you and you know you work hard to develop routines and all kinds of gimmicks and props and and i had the costume in no direction whatsoever i didn't know what i was supposed to do i didn't know what i would get in trouble if i did and i so i went to my boss and he told me you, you got to have fun just if you, you need to go out and it was bill giles he was a brilliant guy and the fanatic never would have been born without you know bill's brilliance and he just said go out and have fun you know if you're not having fun the fanatic won't be funny and if it's not and the fanatic isn't going to work in front of our fans. And, you know, he, I ran out of his office all excited, thinking this is going to be great. I'm getting paid to have fun. And he screamed G rated fun, G rated fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, a, okay. All right. I got it. You're right. You,
0: there, there, the, there is one parameter. Yeah, sorry, I,
1: I knew that. Then I said, okay, there's going to be editing. I, I've got to work inside some sort of a box. Um, but it truly kicked off the fanatic. I mean, 40 years. He's been around for 40 years. So um 40 years yeah and and actually Aubie. i just found out that Aubie of auburn celebrated his 40th anniversary this year as well so both the fanatic and Aubie are are the same age <laughs> so uh, wow yeah, it's, it's amazing and, and and so it and and two performers really i mean we have we have uh uh let's call them backup best friends of the fanatic <laughs> they are uh, they've been there for 25 years two of the young men that have have supported, uh, you know, getting the fanatic in and around the community and doing a lot of community events, and um, you know, and when Tom leaves, they, we've got a young man who's going to become the third best friend of the fanatic. So it's so it's been um,
0: it's been amazing. Well, what a tradition, you know. I love how your team, uh, the, the the Phillies, actually have have embraced it as. Uh, You know, an icon and it
1: before brand is that, you know, respected it as a brand. I I think that and all of the all of the teams that that we know, uh, I think the NBA in general does it the best. I mean, they have leadership in New York that goes, evaluates and gives awards to game ops and to mascot development and production. And, you know, and and that means that they care about it. And the the teams that are have, um, you know, have have uh, leaders that understand recognize it it's the strongest branding tool you can imagine so you know in sales in general if you make an emotional connection to somebody they are going to buy from you so whether you're b2b or whether you're direct you know to consumer if you can emotionally connect to your potential customers you you will ha- form a bond where they will willingly spend money on your product mostly because you've connected to them emotionally so imagine if you had a tool that could go out into your community, and not only would they be listened to, they'd be embraced, physically and emotionally embraced, and then the, and those would be customers and future customers. Would you not invest heavily in that in that sharp, uh, successful marketing tool? Well, you would if you knew it was there. So, if somebody is just creating a mascot, they don't know it's there. If they're creating a brand extension then they're investing in that and they, and they, and they, they value it just like their logo. They don't, you know, they, they only draw it one way the character will only go to these places and it will never go to these places. And it's, it's not in two places at one time. It's because it's a living, breathing brand extension. And when, when, when organizations treat it with that value, then it exceeds expectations. And then you and then then uh, performers can get paid what they're worth because they're driving three and four times that amount um, in revenue. So it is just stewarding a great brand. And you, you said it. That's exactly the word. It is a brand, a brand extension. And in the case of a great mascot, it people go literally and figuratively embrace it And want to tell everybody, you know, look who I just met. I mean it it is phenomenal, that type of power. But it's what is even more surprising is how many organizations don't do that when they have the opportunity. They just don't, and
0: it's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. When I first started, uh, you know, I was the one coming in explaining, hey, no, this is what I do. Or sorry, this is what the character character doesn't do, and I love that you brought that up. And these are the parameters that, you know, we'll never see the character coming out of a janitor's closet or a bathroom or a, you know, (laughs) that's not where, you know, those, just those basic things. And then, you know, what does character, you know, what's the, what's the personality, what's the brand, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, Rob Wycall, um, who used to be that coyote, we've done a podcast with him. Uh, He, I believe it was him that that said, hey, look, you know, it, he put it this way. You've got a billboard that can give a hug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's right. And <laughs> so it, and, and not only can you give a hug,
1: but but no one's going to scream at you for invading their space. <laughs> you know, right. they, they accept the hug that I mean, you know, in today's world, you got to be careful. But, you know, it's it's um you know you can't hug an institution uh, a lot of the times you can't hug your favorite player sometimes you can and if you can it's in some really controlled environment where you know the mascot is basically a hug machine you know come over here and hug my kids come on take a picture and um as 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 uh, tom burgoyne the current best friend of the fanatic loves to say he goes those stinking yankee fans will say hey you big fat green thing, get away from me. But before you do that, come and, come and take a picture with my kids. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> like, like even, even the most hated rival or, or, or organization will, will embrace you because you can make their kids happy. That They'll even let that brand cross into their, you know, beloved sports brand because, you know, it'll make the kids happy. And that, that's
0: an, another powerful part of it. Right. Totally agree. That's amazing. Well, so, it, you know, Tell me, you know, back then you were creating this whole character. you were creating this 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 brand uh, that you were creating a personality, uh, those types of things. Tell me some of your memories of, of that type of stuff, hmm. uh, maybe with players, maybe with a uh, team, maybe, uh, you know, some something that may have happened uh, during a game or, or whatever. So i love to hear a story. Great,
1: great, great uh, question. So I, I'll put it in three categories Uh I'll do it in relationships with fans. And there's, there's a million stories of relationships with fans. But Absolutely. Two, two quick ones. One is the, the, the fun that the Philadelphia fans uh, had connecting with the fanatic. And so when I was given pretty much carte blanche to go create the personality, make sure it's G-rated fun. That was my only direction. Have fun. Make sure it's family fun. And, you know, we'll work on this together. Go do what you want to do. I mixed my, I was a Philadelphia diehard. I understood why Santa Claus was booed. Uh, He was booed because he didn't, he didn't, he was a lousy Santa Claus. (laughs) So (laughs) he he didn't live up to expectations. And the the Easter Bunny got booed because it was supposed to go up in a hot air balloon. And the weather wouldn't let the balloon go up. So they they booed because they were expecting more out of the Easter Bunny. So my thing was, okay, I'm going to do what they expect of me, which is all of the things that Phillies fans are, Passionate about, and that's about the the gameplay. Not interrupting the gameplay, being a part of that. You know, uh, chastising a Mets fan for being in the stands, but but being in a nice way. So I I mix all this together with Three Stooges and and cartoons and and a lot of music and dance, and because that's what I loved. And and if you talk to anybody who does storytelling or about developing develop, developing a successful brand, is you've got to put some of your own truth into that. And and I was allowed to do it. So the personality gets to gets accepted by the philadelphia fans and then once that happens you you almost you almost can't ruin it so the the so i'll give so i'll i'll, I'll put this
0: so let me let me let me preempt this I, and let me jump in here real quick though i i just want to hit something i want to make sure that people know that the what is what you're seeing in a costume or what you're seeing in a performance or whatever of a costume character is really an extension of their own personality unless you're Disney. Yeah, that that's true. Right? Yeah, especially it, if you're it, brand new, if you if you start from scratch. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. It is. It is that person's personality uh, on on steroids, or, or on you know not not steroids. Yeah. on <laughs> yeah, not just, real. Not literally um, steroids, right? Not, not literally steroids, but but the, but the yeah. analogy fits.
1: Yeah, and and yes, so, and that's, yes, yeah. So so if you get the if you're lucky enough to To start from scratch, you do you you get to develop that, and and that's another reason why I think I had so much success because I wasn't really railed in in any way. Uh, you know, of course, I would make a mistake here or there, but but the Phillies would sit down with me and we'd 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 work it out together. But but to hi- highlight what you know the, the beauty of of Phillies fans loving the fanatic, there was one guy on Sunday who he sat up in an area where every time I was done working the seventh inning. I would usually leave from the area that was below his seats and he has a, he was a big leather lung guy. Um, and he would, he would, <laughs> he would stand up just to get my attention. And it was every Sunday. So, you know, how many Sundays, probably, uh, I guess, ten, ten 10 to 11 Sundays in a season. And he would stand up as I was about to leave and he said, Hey, this ain't the Muppet show. This is a Phillies game. <laughs> and so I would then, he would yell at me like that. and So I would run up and abuse him because he would tell all his family and friends, look, watch, I'm going to, and that, that is the connection that virtually everybody in the stands had was they felt like they knew how to relate to the fanatic. They knew how to get him to react. And, and so, and so that, that is the heart of what, the fans relationship was with the Philly with the fanatic is that he was an extension of them and and they were and you know and and they were an extension of him at the same time and it so that was that's the the story about fans and and I've got a million stories about fans um the the uh, the community good you know going into um uh you know going into a, a environment where someone isn't feeling well or challenged in some way and how great the fanatic was at, at delivering a few minutes of distracting fun with them and the thing I remember the most is about uh, a young man by the name of Kevin who was a um, who had dealt with leukemia most of his young life and he he had been to the brink of of losing his life at least four times he was involved in this golf tournament of which you know I played in but came as the fanatic and the fanatic was involved and and I got to know him and his family very very well and uh, unfortunately, he lost his battle. And the family called me and said, "Can you come over to the house and be with us?" Um, and I, I was moved that they asked me to. And it was mostly because out of costume, I had, I had connected with him. And um, I went, I went over to his house, and and he and the coroner hadn't even been there yet. And they said, "We wanted you to be with him um, as we said goodbye to him." I, I mean, it was. I don't want to overly dramatize it, but it was very dramatic and very powerful. And it was all because the fanatic got me to be able to be with that family and have a relationship with them. And while it was sad, it also was uh, amazing that you know, they rallied around him and he was a faith of that golf tournament, raising money for leukemia. So there's that. So there's, there's the fan connection to the fanatic. And then there's the, what the fanatic was allowed to do in the community and was I was so fortunate just to be along for the ride for that. Um, and then then finally, in terms of celebration um, in 1980, after we won the, the first world championship that the Phillies had um, and uh, and beat the Kansas City Royals, we, we had a, a, you know, this big parade in Philadelphia down Broad Street and they put the Fanatic on a flatbed truck uh, all by himself at the end of the parade um, and and seeing that. You know, the, driving down Broad Street, getting all the way to JFK Stadium, uh, which is now a park, you know, a beautiful park that's across from the new ballpark. But it was a big 120,000-seat stadium filled with fans and, and, you know, probably a a million fans at, at, at least that day. And being a part of that was, you know, I'll never forget that. I can, You know, I'm sitting there at the wake of all the people as the parade has gone through because I'm the last, you know, uh, the Fanatic is on the last flatbed. And so those three elements and inside of each of those elements I could tell you a hundred stories and that and it gets to and it's in my heart it's in my mind Um, and each and every day uh, people will come up and find out you know you know who I who I am and and what I did and they all have a story about how the fanatic is connected with them and continues to connect with them so by extension I'm I'm still living some of those stories through you know through Tom and, and the Phillies they've been gracious and kept me as part of their family. And, and, uh, so, uh, you know, we could have six podcasts on you and I relating to the same stories, because everything I'm saying to you, you have your group of stories that fit right in those three categories.
0: Well, and I, I, have just been sitting here, just listening and soaking this all in because, you know, to, ha- to have that, you know, to go back to the, 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 the boy with leukemia, I mean, to have you connect with the family, on that level on that emotional level where they want you to come over before the corner mm. gets there it just says volumes i mean i can't i can't even i mean leaving that on a leaving it that story as it is just says you know volumes and i can't really even comment with, to that but except for this simple fact that that i have had those those connections and they're priceless it's just unbelievable how and, you, know, you can make a, a connection on a completely different level than most people can, and it, it, you know, and then and then they get to know you, and 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 it's a, uh, um, and then you can take the relationship further and and things like that. I I, I still have you know connections with with families and friends that, uh, um, over the year, you know, that started yeah. day one and you know and And it's your job um, it's your
1: job that's what's amazing and it's it's, your job yeah and i'm getting paid for it in the first place it's it's out of control how how amazing the
0: opportunity is yeah and and to have you on the float (laughs) on the flatbed at the end of the parade not leading it off but at the end saving the best (laughs) for last knowing that everybody (laughs) i mean just to have that kind of of, of planning and forethought and and recognition of the the, the power of your character that's well, you know, amazing it, holy well, the, cow the funny part it, the funny I part mean,
1: not to interrupt because you because i want and i, I appreciate you i think you're right by design that sounded like a great idea but it wasn't by design when i got there that day at the beginning at the beginning of the parade um you know down at the end of the street by 30th street station Mr. Giles said, we we want you up in front in the main float with the players and their families. And I said, I said, oh, Mr. Giles, you know, it's been a long it's been a long week the costume has not been cleaned. It smells like a bathroom. So I don't <laughs> I don't want to be up there with those families. They will be holding their nose and like won't be able to join themselves and. I said, what about, you know, is there any place I can be where I'm where I'm not? I don't have to be squished in with people because they're not going to be happy. And of course, Mr. Giles understood that. So he said, well, we brought a couple of flatbeds that in case a flatbed broke down, we could replace it. So we'll put one of those flatbeds in the end of the parade. Will that be okay? I don't want to put you in the back. I said, no, no, that's great because no one has to smell me. It was so funny. Uh, and then you're right
0: gotta be kidding me I thought that was by, no, not by design. <laughs> by
1: smell design. Uh, so so but I appreciate that because I think that's the way it worked out you know I think at the end it kind of you know looked like they had done that and it was like the final you know goodbye of all to the fans who had waited all that time and and then we're gonna and then followed the whole parade I mean I, I was watching this sea of people just following the whole parade to the end of Broad Street where they were going to file into JFK Stadium and um, you know, we there's a great picture of Tug McGraw holding up the, the, the Philadelphia Daily News with a, a big picture saying we win on it and I still have that picture and, and um you know and I have that actual newspaper as well. Um that's sitting in a box. I haven't even displayed that. So um, you know, it it, it was an amazing time and I, and and anybody, any organization who's won a championship can tell you those stories. But no, not by design.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. What what an amazing story. Holy cow. You know, let me um, let me ask you about another one real quick. Now, I grew up in Las Vegas where the nearest team, nearest baseball team to us was Mm. the Dodgers. And I remember so many summers working with my dad in the yard and in the garage and and so many different projects where the Dodgers were on the radio and um so i got to know through my dad tommy lasorda and tommy lasorda was you know I, to him you know that that would be the his hero the guy he'd want to meet so i saw a clip of <laughs> you with tommy lasorda and the four-wheeler and a dummy <laughs> and all that can you yeah. run that through for me? Cause that was, that's to, to me, that's just well, classic. That is
1: just, he, he, he <laughs> was, he was an amazing Well, Tommy was as much of a mascot as, as, as anybody. And I say that with great respect because he was an ambassador for baseball. I mean, uh, all around the world, when he would go to Japan, he was, he was mobbed by Japanese fans. And I actually, as the fanatic was invited to go in 1980 over to Japan at the end of the season, to be, um, you know, the Phillies were the, you know, were the, the world champions, and we went over to um, Japan for the American League and National League All-Star teams to play exhibition games for six weeks. So the fanatic was there, and Tommy Lasorda was our manager, um, and. Uh, um, so the fans loved him and I would just make fun of him on the field and the fans would really respond. And Tommy saw that the fans liked it. So he, he kind of pretended to have this adversarial relationship with the fanatic and, and, and the fans went crazy. So we just started doing things and it was such a relaxed atmosphere. We weren't you know, worried about winning and losing and everyone was loose and had fun. And so that whole six weeks, not only did the fanatic develop a relationship with him, but I got to know Tommy well as, and I would consider him, uh, a friend, and when he when he would come in the following few number of years later we I continued to harass him um and and he played along, and the players would help me i mean Steve Sachs used to get me his jersey, so I could dress the dummy with the jersey and Then I found out that tommy wasn't bringing extra jerseys on the road and and Steve would come to me and say i i can't i don't have a jersey, so I went and bought one, which at the time was a hundred bucks. A, you know, probably the two hundred and fifty dollar version of today, and I got his name put on the right. back of it. And then, then Tommy yelled at the clubhouse manager because he thought that somehow the clubhouse manager forgot. And and the clubhouse manager had to go to him saying, no, "Oh no, we found out he bought one." And so I think over time, Tommy started getting he was done with it, like enough. And that it all boiled over one night where he came running out and grabbed the dummy away from the fanatic, beat him over the head with it. And when he when he hit the fanatic over the head with it, the, the chin strap came off, and if you watch that that video closely, you can see the fanatic's head list to one side, almost to a 45 degree angle. I saw it, and that. I had to grab it because it all that was almost into the nightmare that we all have as performers—that we go one way and our head goes rolling another way—and um, it was almost, you know, you talk about that video being watched a lot now. If, if that was the time when the fanatic lost his head, that would, but I, I had to crawl from that position into the, the photographer's booth there on the field and re-snap it. And then I came back out and he was trying to steal the four-wheeler and I thought it was going to go into the dugout and then we were going to delay the game. And he, and, and that's, that's when he, he, um, he, I guess he grabbed me after that. Then I had to go back and jump on the, on the, on the four-wheeler to get off in time. I grabbed the dummy cause he threw it back out into the field. And uh, and then I found out the next day he was in the paper saying the fanatic is violent. It's not good for children. And it was like and then the then the, the reporter called me. It was Stan Hockman. He's a you know, he is a, a, a Hall of Fame uh, writer. And, um, you know, and I told Stan Hockman, I said, look, I'm doing my job. You know, he's the he's he's the, the Los Angeles Dodgers manager. I mean, who who was doing who was not doing their job. He came out and beat up a Muppet. I mean, so (laughs) it was a big feud. And then, uh, you know, many years later, uh, you know, actually a few weeks later, I sent Tommy some food, which usually won him over and uh, you know, and, uh, and all's right with the world. And I've, I've talked to him a number of times afterwards and he said, you're lucky you're alive, man. I was, I was ready to kill you. You were, you were lucky you're alive. You got me at the wrong night. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he, he's told the same story I've told. So it's, uh, he's, he is, I I feel bad. He's not feeling very well physically. Um, and, uh, and, but he, he's done so much for baseball. Um, and I know he's not a big fanatic fan, but
0: I, but I know he's a Dave Raymond fan. (laughs) Ah, that's a great story. Gosh, I love that. You know, I was watching that go and I saw that part with the, with the head. I, I, I grabbed that right away, you know? um, or uh, out of the video, I grabbed that yeah, right away. Yeah, you got it. And, um, yeah, yeah. Being, being, you know, inside, I was like, Oh, that was not a, that was not a, you know, th- something was off <laughs> right there. So yeah, I've kind of, I'm kind of excited to, to hear that that's actually what happened, but, and that is the, uh, the nightmare of, of every, uh, professional or any mascot. Yeah. Is, is their head <laughs> coming off, but, um, gosh, that's a great story about, Tommy, I love there's, that. There's, <laughs> a t-
1: there's a t-shirt. I saw one one of one of the boot camps I did for a, a, a team in the Atlantic League, um, an unaffiliated team, uh in I think it was the Bluefish in Bridgeport. But uh one of, they asked me to come up and train a, a bunch of local performers and high school kids and I came up and he had made he had made t-shirts and it said first rule of mascot first rule of mascoting, never lose your head. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I thought, I would love that we got to make those t-shirts again. That would be uh, something we could raise some money for uh, a charity with those t-shirts.
0: Gosh, that is a, that is the rule. Yeah. <laughs> and, and figuratively yes, speaking yes, as well. Agreed. So uh, I've had a few lately uh, experiences where uh, it looks like, yeah, I've lost my head and, and uh, <laughs> oh my, actually over the years I've had that, that, uh, that, that my character is actually, you know, kind of lost it, and, uh, uh, yeah, I have management. Did you plan that? Owners calling my boss. Did you? Is that for real? I mean, did you really shave that guy's head? Yeah. 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 yeah it's, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> did you really cut that man bone off? That guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Anyways, so, um, well, uh. Dave, love the stories. Um, gosh, and we could go on and on about those. Um, tell me though a little bit about um, you know retirement. I'm I'm looking at this. This is coming up. This is like you know I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm 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 approaching the edge, so to speak. And so tell me what that's well, like. It's
1: been it's been it was actually a very smooth transition, I and mean, and and I think that Tom Burgoyne – who is one of my best friends, played a really great role in this. I, I knew, like we all know, that that being a performer is not unlike being a, a professional athlete in that physically you just, especially the things that you do. I'm not, I was not that skilled from a, you know, from a gymnastic standpoint. I mean, if I did a forward roll, I was thrilled. Um, I could do a forward roll and a round off. And I thought, oh, my gosh, look at me. Uh, so, so I wasn't, I didn't abuse my body as much as you guys do, but, um, but I knew that there was a limit and I was looking at that and there, and the Phillies would have been kind enough for sure to continue to include me in the organization. But I, I knew when that happened, I was going to have to take a pay cut. And the more I looked at it, I was like, well, I think I'd rather take a pay cut on my terms. In other words, as an owner of an, of my own business, I know that I might not be able to pay myself what the Phillies were paying me, but. I would be building a business. I would have rights in terms of ownership of a character, et cetera. So I decided to leave the Phillies when I still was able to perform. And I continued to perform, um, you know, about eight to eight to nine years after I left the Phillies in 93. Um, And um, and I started to, you know, I wanted to build on a business where I could get paid after I was done performing. And so I originally started a business with um, the people who made the Fanatic because I saw that the Fanatic was being hired by any organization that wanted entertainment. They didn't care that I was a Phillies character. They just they wanted entertainment and bringing the Fanatic, a well-known character, helped them in their desire to have great entertainment every night. And I was one of the solutions they could hire. So I I, I created a character with, uh, you know, with the partners that the people that created the Fanatic. I went on the road for uh, about seven years. And then after that, um, and I still wasn't I still wasn't earning money out of costume but i i had ownership in a business which that business ended and i um had the rights to go out on my own so i started raymond entertainment in 2000 and our our focus then was teaching people how to build great character brands we coined the term character branding um and um and away we went, and even through a difficult economy, Raymond Entertainment's still there. And um, and then it all, you know, it came together with the mascot Hall of Fame, which is which is the thing that we're all really proud of. A you know a shrine for uh, to really highlight in a fun and silly way to highlight the power that characters have. And um, so I, I've been very fortunate, very lucky, uh, great guiding leadership from my brother who was in the in um, the finance world, and he helped me with a business plan and um, and and my previous partners in, in helping pave the way for for me to grow as a business person and so you know unwittingly I was a performer and unwittingly I was an entrepreneur I just it wasn't something that I really planned for but it's ironic that my dad told me to get a business degree which I didn't listen to and then I end up you know being a business owner of a couple of businesses and and uh, so you know it, it's really been feet to the fire learning uh it's it's been amazing and the, the thing that i've talked to some of my brethren and including you about the transition is really about continuing to follow what you're passionate about and 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 i learned very early i lost some money in a business that i i, I knew nothing about um and in before i retired from the phillies and i was going to say i'm going to create this business and i knew nothing about it i lost a lot of money and i went okay first rule get involved in a business that you know <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that's key
1: um you know really well and i've been i've been an entrepreneur since, since 2000 or since 94 so um a lot of luck and a lot of mistakes but but now i think i finally figured it out just in time to retire <laughs> right yes, sir.
0: at the ripe old age well i uh yeah no i love that and I, uh, I a lot of these guys I feel bad for who, um, and, and some of some you've mentioned, um, in this, uh, in this podcast have not prepared and not had a backup. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, have been, uh, you know, let go or, or whatever. And, uh, have, you know, have had to, like you said, get their feet to the fire real quick. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I've, for me, I'm looking uh, ahead and, and I realizing by talking to you and others and others that, uh, there's, there's life after I've lived my, uh, my career. I've lived this character, uh, day in, day out. And it's, it's, uh, it's kind of weird to think of, of not, and, you know, not putting everything into this and not waking up in the morning going, Hey, you know what? I just had an idea. I'm going to put this to paper and, and, uh, you know, let's, 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 Let's get this on the on the, you know, in front of people as soon as possible. Blah blah blah. Anyways, uh, pro, you know, what props am I gonna need? What you know, on and, on and on But um but you know, I've actually started a couple businesses myself and so hopefully when this is all uh done, I will be able to, you know, just make a good transition and and, and be able to uh continue and keep my uh keep my imagination and my creative juices flowing. So Good job with that. Hey, hey by the way, um, one I want to mention one of the characters that you have recently uh, developed or helped develop is yeah. Gritty. Gritty. What a big success Gritty that's maybe, been! Yeah, huh? uh,
1: yeah, it's it was a you know wonderful collaboration. Which you know, by definition, people come together that have great skill sets. They leave their ego at the door, and everybody contributes. And that that's really what happened because you know we were hired to do to come in, design for them, create a character, get that design approved, get them to the right builder, find them the performer, and, and help steward some of their initiatives uh, with, with some input. And we came in and started doing all that great relationship with the team. We, we, uh, we got them aware that you know, there was going to be a lot of negativity. And, um, and then as we were doing the designs, matter of fact there was a lot of support inside the committee for for a a focus of one of our designs and and my leader who was running the group said listen there's a lot of uh, it looks like they're moving towards this particular design and it and i just would really rather have more of this monster character and i and i said fine so we drew some monsters and 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 i thought we did a pretty good job i mean uh, you know Tom Sapp is our designer and he's been in the business forever. He's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And, he's brilliant. And so he designed my character. Yeah, I, And he's done so, I mean, from, from Sparty at Michigan and, and uh, um, you know, in and, and Georgia, um, you know, so, so they, you know, he's been, he's been in here forever. He's we've been friends for a long time and we've been working together for, for over um, 15 years now. But so, so we weren't scratching the leader's itch and he was fr- concerned because he had a majority and his group wanting something else. And he said, do you mind if I bring in, you know, this Brian um, Allen from Flyland Designs? He's really good, kind of monsters or that type of edgy stuff. I said, yeah, bring him in. And they started showing us his drawings. And I went, oh, my God, these are great. And, you know, and, and, uh, you know I, I know Tom was, was, was thrilled that they, you know, we got them to yes, and it wasn't our design, and and that's okay. Because and so we went from there because we we fulfilled our promise. We tell them from the beginning we will get you to yes, you know, what, whether it's us doing it or not, we're going to get you to yes. And and that design resonated with the whole group, and we went from there. And I I got them a builder here in Norristown who who I love. She's amazing, uh, and they were able to go into the studio and collaborate with her every day. And, and from the design on paper to what they finished had a few changes. They rolled it out at the Please Touch Museum because they wanted everybody to know this is for, for kids. At least that was the, the comment. I knew with the performer and this guy being so good on social media, plus he was a great physical performer, I knew he was going to entertain adults too. We just didn't say that. And then they, they rolled him out at the arena after that he slipped and fell on the ice people booed him a little bit he was getting killed on social media and he wrote back on social media as the character uh why didn't somebody tell me the ice was this slippery <laughs> so, so he was just he had nothing nothing that he did that, that, and then when they were getting hammered negatively in the press that this was the brilliance of the flyers they just they embraced it not only did they not worry about it they started sharing the worst ones you know the ones that were really nasty that you know and then when the pittsburgh penguin wrote a dismissive text uh to Gritty saying lol okay then he said sleep with one eye open tonight bird and that's when our fans the Flyers fans jumped on and said basically he's our ugly don't you make fun of him and and they hate the Pittsburgh Penguins and Crosby and that started a lot of like a twitter war so it trended on twitter and then the professional comedians got a hold of it and then that's when it took off into the stratosphere, where uh, you know they—they've estimated now with with tracking that he's delivered the flyers over two billion dollars of free advertising. So uh, the flyers are selling product; they can't keep product in. He—I feel bad for the performer; he's getting hammered. He needs, you know, in the costume every second. He needs to go somewhere. They're—they're—they're uh, they're, they're driving an amazing amount of revenue. Um, that probably pales in comparison to two billion dollars of free advertising, which is, you know, he's the gritty is a is just a juggernaut, uh, both from a business standpoint, branding, and and from a Flyers fan passionate acceptance, which would never have been thought of, and it's all because the Flyers listened. You know, they brought a lot of times they'll bring you know us in, and I'll I'll say, hey, don't do this, and then they go, you're right, you're three weeks later, they do exactly what we said not to do. And then they're, they're less successful. Um, because what I want to do is I just say, look, here's all the best practices. You follow these and then add all of your expertise. I don't have, I don't know how to market a hockey team like you do, but I do know that your character brand, if you do these things, if you do these, these building blocks, you will at the very least reach your goals and could exceed expectations. And and that's what collaborating will do. You know, hey, we, we know what we don't know. So tell, you tell us what we don't know. And then we're going to put in what we know. And then that's going to really create bigger success. And that's exactly why Gritty is where he is, because it was a 100 percent complete collaboration.
0: I love that everybody got on board. I love that the team embraced it. I love that they took the the, the, the even, you know, put the negative out there and built on that i love the whole story behind this is just from a mascot's point of view just unbelievable i mean just really exciting and yeah i'm sure he is the i am sure the the guy that plays the character is uh just pulling his hair out (laughs) exhausted we probably
1: (laughs) gotta have an intervention you know three or four of us need to go you know travel to his house and say okay we're here for you you know Rub his, yeah, rub his exactly. shoulders a little bit and say, look, everything's going to be fine. Just hang in there.
0: That's right. Hopefully they're compensating oh, yeah. him they're doing, uh, as they, they should. They did a wonderful so,
1: thing for him. They really did. A, they stepped up. That There's so many parallels between what the Flyers have done and what the Phillies did to make first the Fanatic as successful as he is to, and Gritty. They, they really followed a, a roadmap um, and we helped them with that and they followed it and then they've – they've really stepped up and that's exactly what the Phillies did for me. You know, they stepped up and said, Hey, look, we're, we're not paying you Uh, enough money. We're going to take care of you. That's, that was the greatest.
0: Oh, see, that's the thing I wish uh, we could somehow package and (laughs) uh, get out there to everybody. Hey, look, (laughs) appreciate it, man. Uh, That's great. Well, and I, you know, it's funny looking back on my career. I've had some real, um, uh, interesting moments in the media, and you know some some real mishaps in character. Uh, one out of out of uh, out of costume that uh, hit the news pretty big, and uh, luckily, uh, you know my team has has uh, uh, embraced those situations for the most part. Um, I think they could have done uh, mm. eh, some things different, uh, in in a certain cases and everything, but. Yeah. There was one that that really hit the oh gosh, it hit the news and it was pretty bad. Um but uh, the the team actually said, "Hey, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to emphasize this at all, but tell you what, you know, we're going to stand by you. We see how you uh were were mistreated or 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 the, how this situation was mishandled and so we're going to stand by yeah and you know personally and i
1: think that, that's a, that's, um, that's wonderful. So, i mean and i and and certainly i've been i've known you for a long time so i, I, I understand it and i and it is really wonderful that the organization does that because it, it could have been differently if it was a different organization and i think that, that that's an enlightened leadership that's an you know uh, it's a family, um, which is what you do with the families. You you stick together and you have each other's back, and I and I think it's great. And I and it's a testament to why you you know have been there you know, for thirty years. I mean, it's, it's it it wouldn't be that way if the if the two of you were not working well together.
0: Yes, and at that point in my life, in my career, and if they hadn't have handled it that way, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. I would have I I would have quit long is time it? ago because. At that point, it actually, because of their reaction, I actually re-committed uh, myself to them. Yeah. I mean, I I I left uh, there. I remember this meeting we had where they said that they were going to stand behind me and and uh, they believed in me. And I walked out of there. And I went to my car. I uh, I cried a little bit and said, you know what? They, I will not let them down. I will never let them down. This is. This is uh, – I am – they are – they have got my uh, support 100%, and uh, I will I will pay this back. That's awesome.
1: So, That's an awesome story. Anyways,
0: yeah. Um, there's a couple other things here I want to ask you. Um, one is, you know, being in this position, you've accomplished so much. And Ben – I mean, we, we talked a little while ago about um, – How you have um, still continued to be a representative for um, uh, for the team, for the brand, and even standing side by side with uh, the fanatic at uh, you know autograph signings and and things like that. What now? uh, What's a what's a goal? What's what are your goals now? I mean, you've done so much. and thank you. You're you're,
1: you're so kind. <laughs> I guess the bottom line is, you know, you get people who who uh, say good things about you when you've lived long enough and made enough mistakes to be an expert. So right, I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> you acknowledging that. Um, so, well, I think, for you know, and, you know, I, I'm I've been through, you know, what seems like, you know, three careers. Um but I, but I'm still very young. I mean, I'm 63, but I, I've got a, a, a long way to go. Hopefully, before uh, you know, I leave this place. But I, my, the
0: big thing is, and by the way, by the way, at 63, the guy looks like he's 40. <laughs> well, we've been, I'm just, we've all you. been. Picked, I mean, Ken,
1: you, you're the same way. I mean, we, we're, we're protected from <laughs> all of the elements. I mean, they're, they can't, you know, they can't get at us. Yeah. But a- anyway, so I, I, what's happened is I've. Um, you know, I have kind of these three buckets. There's the mascot, um, you know, consulting and programming and, and development. There's the mascot hall of fame, but what really is my passion is speaking. Um, I know Rob, why call you'd mentioned Rob, Rob is, uh, is doing some of that. I, I know that, uh, um, you know, our, our, buddy in Kansas city for the NFL, um, Dan Mears is, is, has had some success doing that. And, and I've, you know, I've developed this, this, uh, power of fun brand, uh, where I'm speaking to corporate organizations. I'm speaking to healthcare companies um, about using fun and, and frankly, just taking what Mr. Giles told me uh, 40 years ago and, and, and harnessing that and, and going through some basic steps. And it's actually turned into a corporate training model, which we're, uh, which we're just piloting now um, and just so excited. So what, And I realize now why I wanted to be my father Because as a young kid, you know, uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, I would be in the locker room before every football game at home and some on the road, traveling with the team and listening to my dad motivate them before they went out on the field to play football. And it was just such amazing memories. My father was uh, an absolute master at using words and and imagery through words to motivate these young men who seemed like giants to me at the time to go out and to overcome challenges and and win so many of those football games and and three national championships. And I realized that's what I want. I wanted to be him there, not necessarily a football coach with all the other things you had to deal with. I, I wanted to be there Before the game, talking to that group and speaking gives me that opportunity. The message is resonating with the audiences. Anybody who's been in the professional speaking business understands it can't be about you. It's got to be about the audience. And there was a lot of work that I did to, to take the focus away from me. And the way I've done it is to say, I want you to learn this the way I've learned it by by being the fanatic. I want you to come in to the, you know, this beautiful green fur and I want you to get the emotional intelligence the way I did. It took me, you know, 17 years with the Phillies to learn these messages. And with us today, it's only going to take a few minutes. Um, and I've just, I love that. That's what I want to do. And I do have this five-year plan of which I'm into the second year of that of of really, this is what I want to do. Uh, it's not that I don't enjoy the mascot business and I'll always be there for a client, but I'm really, um, you know, promoting the speaking because it's, it's affecting people positively. Um, I, I love doing it and it's, um, it, it's been really rewarding. So that, that's what I'm doing in my old age. I'm going to be traveling around the country speaking and, and trying to get people to see that it's, it's pretty easy to be happier and healthier uh, by just making a couple of simple choices. Um, and uh, well, how that, do people get a hold of you for this? Uh, well, just the we of, might Ray- as well do a little plug here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Raymond, it's raymondfun.com. So R A Y M O N D F U N.com is my speaking. Um, Raymond Entertainment Group is we also have our our brand there for for mascot development. Um, And uh, I would I'd love to uh, come and talk to their your team or your group or people who are looking to, to, you know, create an advantage, whether it's marketing, sales or health. Um, And uh, so I appreciate you allowing me to to plug that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Man, well, you deserve it. And, you know, this success that you've had is, is is has really come from what's inside you and you've really made a lot of things happen change a lot of people's lives just think when you first started you know somebody that was five years old that, that saw you is now 45 and loves the phillies loves uh mascots loves you know you just never know how, uh, how you're going to affect people, and your dad didn 't know how he was going to affect people you know it started mm. with your dad it looks like yep and I love that you know well I, I, so, I love it
1: too and I 'm unfortunately what a tribute'm I'm, I'm, I'm in the the bad fraternity of not having either one of my parents with me now and i 'll tell you they um, uh, not that i didn't appreciate them what they were alive, but I look back and see that the majority of what i 'm doing in terms of successful came from my mom and dad my, my mom was deaf. And I and and, sh- and we talked about it, how my nonverbal communication, she went deaf when I was three. So uh, she she mm. said, I saw the fanatic come out when I would turn my hearing aid off when you were a teenager trying to argue with me. <laughs> so, I'd turn my hearing aid off and you'd go crazy. You'd start <laughs> dancing around. go you know, say Don't turn that off. You promised me the car this weekend. And, you know, my mom just would turn her hearing aid off and shut me out and, and you know, let the nonverbal communication fly. So uh, so my parents really. I appreciate your comment that it comes from me and that what what came what comes out of me really is a direct result of of my
0: parents shaping that. So um, I was lucky. That's great. You know, I have to share something real quick. nothing you know I don't want to take from, from that story at all because that's that says a lot. That really says volumes when you know it, it, just the beginnings of your life you were meant to be uh, this character and this and this person. Um, I had a similar. I had a similar situation. It wasn't a, uh, a forced type of thing, but when I was very young uh, and starting to talk, or when I should be starting to talk, uh, I actually didn't. I didn't talk for until uh, my parents say till I was almost five. Wow. And yeah. And so uh, not that I couldn't, I just didn't. And everything <laughs> that I did. You were preparing I, yourself. <laughs> I was. It was crazy. My mom says when you'd walk into a room, And you wanted the light on, well, you couldn't reach it, obviously. So you would point at it and blink your eyes. (laughs) That's great. Oh my gosh. You know? So you know, then somebody'd come over and turn the light on for me. All right. That's awesome. There you go. Worked. Yeah. So this is my
1: son. This is my son. He doesn't speak much, but he'll he'll show you what he needs.
0: exactly you'll know exactly what he wants that's right <laughs>
1: that's great
0: just trust me that's awesome uh, that's a, so, that's
1: a, that's a story you need to tell I, i'm assuming you probably have that's that's a great story
0: now as the first time i've mentioned that on uh, on the podcast here so yeah but anyways uh dave i sure appreciate you being on man this has really been a pleasure and uh really brought me back to 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 the basics and the roots and, and things like that. And then also given me uh, a, a vision of the future. And I, I know that when I'm done with this, it will not be the end. It'll uh, it'll, it'll just be another, another chapter turning and, and uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll still be able to uh, grow and, and progress from there. So it's, it's really been uh, a joy for me to have you on here and talk to you and, and see the other side of, 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 David Raymond, the legend,
1: <laughs> and I. I appreciate you sharing too. This has been a great conversation, and and I really appreciate you including me.
0: Well, anytime, do this again. So, oh, and I'm also looking forward to coming out to the the opening of the uh, mascot hall of yep, fame. Yeah, our, our our inaugural and, induction. Tell ceremony. me, tell me when that is again.
1: It's, it's uh, the 14th. Yep, inaugural induction ceremony, the 14th, 15th, yep. and 16th. Um, Excuse me, the the 13th, 14th, 15th and 16th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in June of this year in Whiting at the Mascot Hall of Fame. We're going to have and have as many of the Mascot Hall of Fame inducted characters there to celebrate the induction of four characters. It'll be um, Penn State, uh, Tommy Hawk, uh, Benny the Bull. And of course that that wonderful uh, slugger, the lion from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, so uh, gr- four great characters deserving characters to be inducted there they officially have their heads hung <laughs> in a in an inflatable way in the in the lobby, which is in, 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 in that those are our busts. we don't have marble busts. we've got floating inflated heads which in our business it's kind of a fun thing to think that you know with our inflated egos we get we get our we get our big heads <laughs> inflated in the, so there's something funny about Very, that i didn't mean mean for it to be that way but it's but i'm getting a lot of laughs like oh you just you're just taking it from the performers um, so we we love to have you <laughs> there um, love to have um, a, a
0: bunch of your friends and and we'll look forward to seeing you there I can't wait. And it's uh I actually just letting, you know, people know out there that uh I've actually been already inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame there. Been that's been a huge thing for me. We've used that it's, it's in marketing and things like that, but uh it's also been uh just a real pleasure to uh uh just kind of have that in the in the on paper, you know, but um been a big deal so you know what it's I, I tell people all the time it's a good thing that uh i'm behind a mask and i don't speak for a <laughs> living so and here you are
1: with the podcast <laughs> but it, that that's where we can just you
0: know relax and talk so
1: it, it it's all good and um and again i appreciate it this has been awesome and uh you know let's get a lot of people to listen to this
0: brother it's been uh, it's been great thank you thank you thank you
1: my pleasure so my appreciate pleasure
0: you, coming on here and spending your time with me all right, man, have a great week All right, you too. We'll see you. Bye Mm -hmm. Bye Bye-bye.